Booyah. Welcome in. This is the Cuz Ben. What up? And I am Michael. And we are continuing our deep dive. Deep dive into the Lincoln Park discography. Episode 2, Reanimation. That's right. Uh, So this album, second album, didn't realize it was uh, a remix album at the time. Yeah. Came out in 2001. Uh, They recorded it while they were on the tour for Hybrid Theory. Uh, Came out in a soft case, which I would say was not a big thing at the time then. Still not a big thing at the time, as uh, we don't really release albums as a physical copy. Yeah, now they have no CDs at all. (laughs) You're right, though. It did not come out in that jewel case. It was a slip case. So it was a little different looking right off the bat. Yeah, and the robot was pretty cool on the front for folks that may remember. Or should go back and take a look because it was pretty uh, pretty sweet to have that robot on the front. Do you happen to know who, who drew that? I don't, but I know that a lot of their art is made by guys in the band. I know Johan can draw and does some of the stuff. Um, I know even now when they've, when they've done the Hybrid Theory re-release, they've released um, some of their like mock-up drawings and stuff of like, here's how we want the album cover to look. Um, so I know that the band is super involved with it. It's obviously cover of reanimation. You got that Gundam guy holding the flag. Um, very similar to the soldier guy on Hybrid Theory holding the flag. They both have wings, which is pretty cool. They're like don't know if they're angels or or what the wings necessarily signify, but they certainly got uh it, it's cool when the second album or you know, subsequent albums come out and the 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 art kind of matches like they kind of got a theme going a universe going it's always cool when there's album art that kind of harkens back to other album art or other posters or other whatever and yeah. kind of just gets you more familiar with their logo and all that so that was a good idea absolutely having the uh the flag and the wings on the soldier again on the on the record cover it's different enough to to kind of be its own thing while still you know, it's the sequel. I mean, reanimation. Like you said, when we were younger, we didn't even really realize necessarily that it's a. Re- we didn't really know what a remix album was. Yeah, Meteor is considered the the second album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I didn't realize that Meteor that that was the case until fairly recently. Uh, I consider reanimation the the second album. Uh, I didn't really know remix albums were a thing. Certainly, you know, different variations of. Uh, songs come out, but I didn't know full remix albums were considered a thing or even disrupted the order uh, of a discography, per se. Right. So um, this was certainly something that happened early on in their careers and was very, very different, but very cool piece of work we got here. Yeah, I mean, they call them remixes, but they're really basically new pieces of music. I mean, most of them have completely new lyrics. Um. I guess the way they made this is they kind of sent out all the the loose miscellaneous tracks for every song, like the guitar track, the drum track, the vocal track. It seems like they just passed them out to kind of random uh, producers or specific producers that they wanted to work with. And then those producers basically just took those sounds and those samples and made a whole new record out of the same recording which is amazing. Like they took the same recordings 
and made 20 new songs out of them, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know when I first heard it, um, I don't know that I caught uh, that the track names, uh, they're, of course, if you look at the, the track listings, they're all kind of spelled out or they're differently in abbreviations, mm-hmm. um, shorthand. Uh, so looking at it, you kind of have to distinguish which track is which. And I yeah. don't know that I knew uh, that some of the song titles were the same. Uh, and so I think once I played it, I'm like, oh, some of this sounds familiar, but very different. Um, now, obviously, listening to the discography, you probably know a lot of this going through as a first-time listener. Um, but still just a very a very cool way to do it. Yeah, they're all written in, like, leet, like... It, they're all written with numbers and exclamation points and all these different uh, things instead of actual letters. Like runaway has the at sign and high voltage has the exclamation point, all this stuff. I think Prince was kind of the originator of doing that with song titles. He would always like use the number two instead of the word two and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, now, obviously, everybody types like this on the internet, and there's all kinds and of texting, yep. texting, and yeah. This album was released July 30th of, of 2001, so just short of a year from the Hybrid Theory release. Uh, and this wasn't, um, still wasn't big for computers or the internet. Um, you know, the iPod was just released this year. MP3s were not a big thing. This was an album you would have gone to the store to purchase definitely you still wouldn't be streaming music the internet wasn't fast enough maybe we were at that time but you wouldn't stream a whole album man like no. even when we started buying records on on itunes or, or whatever it was it's like it was more like a track at a time like this was like an album and it felt like a, i mean there's 20 tracks on here some of them are like interludes and crap like that um but it's definitely like a full package like you're supposed to just listen to this thing and take the journey yep yes you are which it's kind of amazing it's like somehow this album it holds together as an album and all the tracks like sound like they're coming from the same place and the same universe but every single track is produced by different people they got different collaborators different producers all kinds of different stuff going on um but somehow it hangs, it, it it takes you on that journey more than a lot of albums where every track is made by the same guy. Um, yeah, it's a little bit like taking a ride through Disney World when you're on a roller coaster, or not a roller coaster, one of those tracks that goes from room to room and you get a little bit something different in every room, whether it's a, yeah, like a, a scary ride, ride or, a, yep. a, or something that jumps out at you. And this is just, you know, because of the... Um, you know, we'll go through the the scratching and the different different tracks and that, but it's just a little bit different sound with every room, every track that you enter in. Uh, and sometimes you do get the interludes, which are like a little creepy cue as you're you're on that track and something maybe cues you in that something's going to happen next. So it's just a very cool um, concept and, and piece that was, you know, meant to be listened to as a whole. It can certainly be listened to in pieces, but meant to be listened to as a whole. Uh, as we said, that was released as an album. He didn't have a lot of MP3s at the time. So that's how folks listened to something like this almost 20 years ago, straight through. 
yeah, this one's coming up on the 20th anniversary uh, next year, 2021. Yeah. It, it was included in the Hybrid Theory box set. They've got all the reanimation stuff uh, included in there, which just further proves the point that this was not album number two. This was kind of a sidestep, kind of a let's let's see what we can do with what we've already recorded before we go do completely new ideas. And uh, yeah, the fact that they just kind of included it as a little bonus disc in the 20th anniversary and it didn't get its own re-release um, just kind of drives that home. But dude, this is my favorite Linkin Park album and this is one of my favorite albums ever, ever. I know it's one of the albums I have listened to the most. Uh, it's mine as well. It really opened the door to to hip hop for me. Uh, whereas I kind of started in, in, in rock music when I was younger, but really opened up hip-hop for me, and certainly for Linkin Park as an artist. To right off the bat, have this as a follow-up to your debut project to just diversify your portfolio, if you will, musically, um, to show all the different avenues you have. Of course, if you've listened to our first podcast, we discuss how they're tackling so many different ranges, uh, instrumentally, vocally, what they're able to do. And this just kind of making it a, a mixtape and a rock and a hip hop and uh, all kinds of different spaces just really opens them up as a musical artist further. And then further down the line with different albums, they still continue to expand in other little pockets. And it's just, this just really sets the stage for that. And between technically their first and second album, Meteora. Yeah. It's a piece of art, man. Like, I, it takes you on that journey. Every sound, every little different sample and vocal performance, um, it just keeps flowing. It just keeps hitting. It, uh, the vibe is, it's weird. It, it's like, there's like a melancholiness to it. There's a darkness to it. Obviously, you know, coming from metal, coming from hip hop, there's a lot of, you know, darkness and pain and whatever. Like, but there's. It's like a I'm trying to describe it, man. I'm take I'm taking up airtime, just hemming and hawing. But it's like a it's like a nightmare, but it's like a computerized nightmare. It's like it's definitely creepy. It's there's definitely some emotions in here that like you can hear this and you don't you don't quite know you know what the darkness is that they're kind of describing. Like it's a it's a whole it's a feeling. It's like a like a shadow that kind of hangs over it but you can it's it's deep stuff they they really conjure a whole a whole realm of of different sounds and emotions on this thing yes yes they do i think a lot more than on some of their stuff too like i love like meteora for instance but it it seems meteora is like from earth like this is like from the dream dimension or something like it's <laughs> I think the mixing and some of the almost technological sounds on a lot of it, that's the way I always thought of it, yep. techie sounds, Definitely. Uh, really puts a different vibe into it, for sure. Yeah, they went all out. I mean, they had to, they're starting with samples of their first album to create a new album from the pieces. I don't even know how often that's been done. I mean, I'm just glancing at the Wikipedia page. It says this is the fifth best-selling remix album. Uh, Blood on the Dance Floor by Michael Jackson's obviously the highest selling, another great album, but it, it's not quite like this where it, where they 
You know what? The band Olivia Tremor Control kind of does that. They they do a bunch of performances and they kind of chop it all up into samples and then kind of create music out of their own samples of them playing random instruments. But it's not like this where they took an album that already existed and took the pieces <laughs> and made a brand new thing. I can't really think of another example of of someone who would even try something like that, honestly, besides Linkin Park. Yeah, and adding different artists on every track as well to create a unique aspect. Uh, different uh, musicians on every track as well. We are going to go track by track. We're going to kind of give our overview of the track, kind of discuss some of the different sounds that you might hear, some of the different instrumentation, some of the different uh, lyrical themes, and then we will give our ranking to the song we'll give it a letter grade a through f with s being superior even higher than an a uh we gave a i don't know if we gave any really uh less than passing grades last time i know there were quite a few a's and b's obviously from hybrid theory i think i gave a couple uh maybe a couple c's but that was about it that was about it yeah that's still pretty good so, yeah, basically, uh, if it's an S tier, that's kind of like absolute best, like top 10 Linkin Park, period. Like, you're going to put that on your Linkin Park mixtape, Desert Island mixtape, if you could only have 10 Linkin Park songs from throughout the career. Your greatest hits. Greatest hits, but more favoritest hits, you know, more yeah. the ones that really kind of, because the greatest hits is not always the most artistic or the the most uh, meaningful songs necessarily. And we'll see. You know, Linkin Park hasn't actually done a greatest hits as far as I know. Not that I've found. So that's a 20-year career without a kind of a cash-in greatest hits album. That's pretty cool. Yep. Although this is a remix album, so that you could argue it's kind of a, a cash-in. But I think it is. I think it's one of their most artistic uh, pieces of music all, all together. So... Let's uh let's go track by track. Listen to some of these and uh give our ranking for each song on the album. So track 1, we got the the open. It's just called Opening. Just a little over a minute long. Mm -hmm. No vocals. It's like a violin playing um it's almost the riff from Crawling. It's very similar. It's kind of an interpolation of the riff from Crawling. It's got all the same notes in there. Um, I I remember thinking this was very cool when I was younger. I mean, you've got like a rap rock band, and then they they just bring it all the way down, like the most chill, beautiful kind of orchestral instrument of the violin, and uh, you know, has nothing to do with with metal music for the most part. I enjoyed the instruments tremendously. Uh, it was Dave Farrell, who was the bassist normally, who did the cello and the violin, and that's that's what this is, cello, violin, uh, piano arrangement. Um, but I enjoyed it tremendously, uh, growing up as a pianist, same as yourself, uh, and also a cellist. So, but to kind of see a different uh, view of them there than... Uh, the guitars and the the bass a little bit different different setup with the opening here, and also this is if you didn't hear my December, mm -hmm. which was a bonus track on the Chinese version of the original album. 
this was the first time you'd hear something like this from Linkin Park. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they do have kind of some of those uh, violin samples and and sound. There, it's it is in there on the first album, but it's so overshadowed by the crushing guitars. So, I mean, and this just shows they're they're really trying to take you on a journey, man. This is like a whole the whole spectrum of emotions and sounds, and they're not just trying to pummel you with banger after banger. Like they they got those little interludes in there and. Uh, honestly, that's kind of what what kind of holds a lot of this stuff together is some of these these interlude tracks and stuff like that. Yeah, kind of as a transition. So this is a nice nice opening piece, a nice calm, if you will, uh, for for the build up and the big the big tracks to come. We are not going to rank the interlude tracks, so this gets a free free pass, no grade. So you got track two, points of authority, or as it's points of authority um or whatever <laughs> no vowels apparently but great uh great opening track man this bangs this is uh this is great yeah it's its own style of music dude the stutter rhythms um just kind of all the wall of sound dude you do not hear this from other types of of music just all the different sounds hitting you at once is incredible yeah so it, it keeps the original lyrics, but doesn't keep any of the original instruments, you could say, because mm-hmm. everything is is a machine. I mean, the drums are like super programmed and yeah. super tight. Like you can tell it's it's just chopped up all these like different sub rhythms hitting each other. Some, they got like stutter rhythms and wobble rhythms and they're like treating actual drum samples. But it's it ends up being these insane riffs that you could never play on a on a real set of drums um and just sounding just so tight and just so alien and weird but just the way it hits is awesome it sounds very mechanical in the background and it sounds very like sliding up and down uh just a mechanical creature almost or something uh it's just uh just a weird weird sound and almost a little bit matrixy if you will uh, Matrix came out around that that time. Ironically, I'm not right. not sure if it came out before or after uh, the album, but with you know kind of technology taking over, and ironically, the name of the song being "Points of Points of Authority." Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got that weird. I don't know if it's like a backwards guitar or just a heavily screwed with guitar that kind of goes throughout uh, in the background. Kind of has this little menacing, um, atmospheric. It just keeps building the tension. Like even as the song kind of evolves on its own, they've just got this really creepy guitar thing that never lets up. Um, right off the bat, they've got those. The synth is just insane. The wow, 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 wow. Like, yep. They just hit you over the head with it. And um, I mean, this is way before dubstep. But we're t- that's they they got some wubs on here. They got some very dirty synthesizer sounds out of. I don't necessarily know what technology they they happen to have, but they got it sounding delicious. Yeah, yeah, it's just an excellent, excellent uh, way to remix an original song. Like we said, the lyrics are are the same, but to just use a completely different sound palette if you will as if an yeah. artist were to use a different you know go from oils to to 
to clay, let's say. Or a completely different palette. <laughs> yeah. Or just going from red to green. I mean, you paint a picture in red, you paint the same picture in green. It's a different, totally different. Yeah. It's um, an excellent piece. The scratching is amazing right off the bat. Um, as soon as Chester comes in, you've got the falsetto harmony vocal, like multiple layers of Chester harmonizing with himself. Sounds beautiful. Uh, Mike comes in hard on the on the verse as always. Yeah, they kind of drop and fade fade in and out more so than they would as if they were real people standing next to each other recording. Yeah, uh, kind of adding that mechanical feel, like they're just the way that they distorted the the sound of them. Um, just also adds like a mechanical feel to it. Just a very eerie, strange sound. Um. Yeah, a lot of echoes and a lot yep. of kind of even sampling itself back, kind of repeating. They are not shy about letting you know that it's vocal samples that they're chopping back together. And sometimes cutting out vocals or just the instrumentation or cutting out both at the same time. So just doing different ways of doing it on the same track. Great song, great intro. I don't know if it's better than the original points of authority or not but that is not the question at hand what letter grade do you give it i give it a b plus uh i love the album a lot but it's not one of my top ones on the self so even in the context of this album i'd, I'd give it a b plus i guess because i like other tracks more that's exactly what i was thinking b plus it's a b plus there's definitely some better stuff on here but this sets the stage you get that that harmony from chester you get you get a song where it's like you know the word, you know how it goes, but it's totally di- you never heard it like this. And uh, we cannot forget to mention the crazy drum stutter breakdown uh, on the bridge. Just an insane. It's basically a drum solo, but it's they're just adding digital uh, rhythmic elements to to a drum sample that already exists and it it's just amazing like the way it flips back around back into the chorus you got to hear it it's that's probably one of the best parts on the album but i still give it a b b plus for the overall song yep track three in the end incredible track big track it is the in the end or nth e end according to the album track listing remix monster monster we got a uh, motion man on here we got uh, Come Master Kurt on the remix, and this is just an excellent, this is one of the top songs of the album. Mm-hmm. This might be the top song of the album, but we're getting to another big one soon here. They change up the the lyrics throughout most of the song. Yeah, we've totally got Mike, different set of lyrics. Mike is uh, in his element here, mm. exchanging bars. He's got a full verse at the beginning of this this track. Yeah, they start out. They take the same notes of the piano from In the End, the original In the End, and they make a totally different riff out of the same recording of of piano notes. Just They add such a rhythmic element to it, and they're like, what if we flip it around? What if we chop it around? And they take the same piece of music, and it's just a different riff. It doesn't hit the same at all. The lyrics are totally different. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's like listening to the same song, but com- completely different. You know, it doesn't hit the same as the original in the end. And it's just, uh, just a nice headbanger. Just a nice, nice headbanger of a hip-hop song. There's 
great pieces in here where they they take the song same content from in the end and they just kind of kind of you know flip it all i know time was just slipping away and i watched it count down to the end of the day certainly uh if not the exact original lyrics, but part of it, uh, watched it, watched me and the words that I say, the echo of the clock rhyme in my veins. So just a different flip on that original content from the original song. Yeah. Uh, and Mike's verse there. Um, you know, we still got Chester, Chester on the chorus. Chester sounds heavy on this. He's there's like another extra kind of tone to his voice on this. There's like an extra little spice on there. Uh, Motion Man sounds great. Chester sounds great. Yeah, like you were saying, they're they're flipping all the lines from the old one. It's basically in the end part two. Like yeah. they they take it. They're like, what's the sequel? How do we take these same concepts but like flip them around? Like, how do we feel about this now? They got that stutter rhythm on Chester's vocals where he just sounds like some kind of psychedelic angel or something. I mean, th- the the tonal quality of of these sounds is just you know they just obsessed over this and just they're like oh it's not quite right <laughs> they got those like pew 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 like all kinds of crazy yep. like laser gun sounds not even an instrument but it sounds musical and it's because they took that care and time to really dial it in and really they know exactly what layer to build this thing up it's just amazing how they they pull all these new rhythms out of the same the same music. Yeah, able to flip a lot of the original concepts. Um, you still have y- your catchy lyrics, you know, the all I know and different different pieces in the in the the rap and then in the, the Yeah, the, the rap chorus. has hooks just, in it. Yeah, just just bars for taste. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. You certainly, if you've listened to this before, you would certainly know the different pieces. If you gave it a quick listen, it'd all come back to you. It's just something you you remember and sits with you. <laughs> just uh, just great, just great. I like it a lot more than the original. In the end, I actually do too. I actually like it a lot more than the original one a lot. Which is nuts. Yeah, I gotta just give it an A plus, A plus, straight up and down. Uh, this to me is an S. I I think this would be, if you're looking at a piece of Linkin Parks, that's a great collaboration and looking at what they can do in kind of the hip hop realm. And also as far as a production side, I think this is, you know, taking it out of the, you know, almost rock element per se altogether. This is a great example of that. And to take such a big song uh, that in the end was, and to completely, flip it in a lot of aspects lyrically instrumentally i i think this is just a great piece so to me um i would actually give this an s the highest grade that you can uh in this body of body of work track four is called golly apparently uh they got these little interlude things that are basically they're like voicemails i think it's just them kind of following up with some of the guest musicians and stuff like that and yep. just kind of like, like, hey, what up? Call me back, man. All right. Like, there's nothing special about them. They just, they're just like kind of these goofy little interludes that we're not going to rank. They're fine. They work as little intros, and some of them do have some kind of cool little sounds in there. Um, it's just, yeah. This one's at least this one's pretty much just a voicemail. Chat Chally was part of uh, 
the group Jurassic Five, and he's the feature in in track five here. But there's not not much other than a voicemail here uh, that they added for the interlude of him calling back to be part of the. Does album. he ever call him back? We'll never know. know. Oh, yes, we will, because it's track five, Forgotten. Could have just emailed. Maybe he forgot to call back. We don't know. There was there was a, like AOL email at this a- time. Oh, there was email. Yeah. There was email. Yeah. So Forgotten here really throws back at completely different lyrics, but mm-hmm. some of the imagery uh, from the original track holds over lyrically here um, as well. Uh, trapped and greedy, covenants collapsing, urban collapse, uh, bullets and scar souls with dark holes. Get more than your car stole. Um, some hearts be blacker than charcoal. For real. Um, so great imagery here, great verses. Um, Charlie Tuna does a great job. Again, something memorable if you listen to it back 20 years ago, a verse that really, really sticks with you. That verse might be the standout verse of the album right there. Like just the way he raps and it, it the quality of his voice is so different and his flow is so different. He just annihilates it though. Like he it's like the perfect badass like coming in and and cleaning up the track. It's a big contrast to Mike's voice especially. He has a a completely different tone to Mike, and it's a big contrast compared to other vocals that we have uh, on this album. Yeah, way different than the Chester stuff on here. I, I don't know if Chester sang at all on here. I mean, there's like the sample of him that kind of just loops and repeats and just distorted in different ways. And that really plays back to uh, almost tying it into Forgotten, not quite Forgotten, the original track. Or Chester in, in that fact, and that we're, we're throwing back to him um, and repeating the, the bars from the original track on repeat there. But I don't think there's a guitar on this song, and I don't know if we've heard a guitar yet on the whole I album. I don't believe so. We've heard a lot of scratching, a lot of stringed instruments, a lot of dubstep sounds. There's like a sample in the background of this that it's either like a hammer dulcimer or a harp. Or something like that, where it's a string instrument, but it's got that percussive element, and it sounds great. It's it's definitely a synth trying to sound like another instrument. I think it's some kind of dulcimer where they got just kind of this high high pitched thing going on in the background that maybe normally you'd have like a lead guitar kind of doing that kind of thing. And I think they even do that more on for on the original Forgotten, but they're really staying away from guitar. But they're still making this stuff so heavy. And a lot of it's the vocal performance, and a lot of it is the sounds that they were able to, to call out of their synths, their synthesizers like this. But um, this bangs just as hard as the metal version of this song. And, I mean, I didn't even realize as a kid that this wasn't metal anymore. Like, <laughs> I don't crossed, even know what kind of music this is at this point. Crossed over, yeah, into hip-hop. Especially on the verses here when we kind of drop out into that, just a little of the, the, the synth sound and a little bit of just kind of a punch from the, um, is it just the bass and the, yeah, the, the drums a little bit? The synth bass on this is insane. But it gets, just in the verses, to kind of let the lyrics, the lyricists go there, it's kind of simple on the simpler on the the verses i would say and then they start to do some more 
things on the uh, on the choruses, but they kind of let the verses breathe a little bit. Yeah, I would say A minus. I think it's great. I mean, we're really sp- splitting hairs here. Like you know, yeah, we are. There's no like C D E. I mean, maybe we'll get into some of that stuff later on if there's like retreads or stuff where it's or it's like oh they've already done that type of sound already. But so far, man, like this is totally new. Totally not the way that the original Forgotten sounded. Great feature, great remix, amazing sounds. Totally just, it's it's almost like horrorcore rap on the beat, but it's not. Like, there's such a different element to it that it really is kind of a unique style of music where it's some kind of electronic nightmare music, dude. <laughs> like, that's all I know how to say. Yeah, and it does stay quite grimy i would say both with um not not grimy hardcore but just with uh kind of dark i would say with with the lyrics and with uh, the instrumentation going along with that i do like some of the the visuals that the lyrics provide uh i would stick with a solid solid a i think track six pushing me away there's a lot going on in here there is a lot going on in here so we have lyrical changes we have some lyrics staying the same we got fading in and out Finally, some guitar. Yeah, we do. I think it might be the first guitar on the record, on the album here. Pretty sure. Um, comes crashing in. This thing start. this song, it starts with like a, a really distorted drum sample. Completely just wishy-washy, like swoopy sounds of a treated drum sample that I'm pretty sure is just like two bars long and just repeats, 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 repeats uh, throughout the whole thing kind of really grounding it uh, the way like a hip-hop track would be structured where you've kind of got just a simple drum break that kind of repeats and repeats. And then they build on it from there, man. Like that that allows them to kind of paint this whole canvas with all kinds of instruments and non-instruments. Sounds like a cello in the background playing the same progression up and down, kind of mimicking the same pattern as the, I think, the constant drums throughout. Yeah, um, kind of the same linear progression all the way through. Not mm-hmm. a lot of variance in, in what the cello is playing. The cello is holding it down, man. We've heard bass guitar. We've heard like throbbing, wub, 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 synth bass and all kinds of stuff. But this, I'm pretty sure this is mostly just a cello or a sample of a just cello. Holding it down. But it's filling out the whole bottom end and just extending through the whole track. And it just sounds great. Like not a lot of bands necessarily have a cello player. You know, it's amazing that it... It keeps the pace with some of these other like insane nasty bass sounds that they're able to pull out of some of these on um, these other tracks and stuff like that. And it's like, like, nope, we got we got the cello. It's holding it down for this song. Yeah, lyrically, we certainly have parts of the song that we can't even you know understand. Uh, we open up with Mike and Stephen Richards from Taproots, who has a a brief vocal part in here uh, as well, with a brief brief intro into the song. And there are cuts between the intro. And actually, where we first bring in the guitars for the first time, where we hear voices in the background, we can't make out what they're saying. You know, maybe that plays into the song title, Pushing Me Away, as in there's noise, there's no good communication. Mm. Um, so that could certainly play, you know, into the, the song title. Yeah, they've got like a million layers of mic all talking at once, like a crowd, and you can't understand what he's saying. And then there's like backwards vocals in here, too, I'm pretty sure. They've got a bunch of weird 
kind of unintelligible vocals on purpose at the beginning. Yeah, I'm even looking at the, it's totally backwards. I'm looking at the lyric sheet. They've got the lyrics on the lyric sheet here and they're just backwards. Yeah, that plays in great then. Everything (laughs) falls apart. Even the people who never frown will eventually break. That's what it is. And then backwards, it's so musical. A lot of bands do the backwards trick. Uh, Beatles invented it. Very first to do it on the song Rain. They got some backwards vocals in there. They thought it sounded cool, and they left it in. And uh, it was a mistake. They put the, the tape on backwards, and it sounded like backwards talking. And they've done it ever since. Like, all throughout the 60s and 70s, people would say, oh, if you play it backwards, it sounds like whatever, some message or something like that. But it just sounds musical. Like, people found all kinds of ways to kind of add backwards vocals and, and backwards instrumentation. And now you hear it all over pop music nowadays where it's play the notes in reverse and just flip it around and figure See out what's going sounds. on. It Absolutely. just sounds cool. It's just another trick in the bag at this point. But uh, they use it They use it to good effect here. I'm pushing me away. It's yeah. like a like a cacophony of, of voices. It's like, you know, like you're walking into a crowd of people, like you're not supposed to know what they're saying. It, it kind of is more atmospheric and more kind of just bringing you into the insanity of, of what the emotions of the song are about. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a great, great new bridge as well. Uh, reverse psychology is failing miserably. It's so hard to be left all alone. Uh, so that's a great uh, memorable part that kind of sticks out and it kind of calms the instrumentation, kind of calms down in there to like to to roll into the bridge there um, before they bring, uh, you know, Chester back in. So that's a great, great piece as well. Yeah, I guess that's all Stephen Richards. Uh, very catchy bridge. I mean, yeah, he's he's pulling out a new melody out of the same the same setup here. And kind of just riffing with it. And then, yeah, and then he ends up harmonizing with with the original. I think it's the same recording of Chester. It kind of seems like it's just a sample of him. Steven Richards is like, he's harmonizing with that and bringing out all these new these new harmonies and melodies um, from kind of the same, like, again, from the same piece of music and using it as a springboard to to hit kind of it's a new hook like that bridge it's breaks it down that could have been the chorus yeah it could have been like they don't repeat it it's the bridge but it's so catchy and and um stripped down that uh you just really you pick up on it and remember that part anyway yeah finally coming together after you know some of the reverse lyrics earlier in the track and then kind of coming together towards the end I don't even know what to grade this stuff anymore, man. Like it all just seems it's like it's all just a piece of the puzzle. It's it is. I think they do a good job making the instrumentation and the lyrics feel feel washed out and they're bringing it back together. I really like the vocals here uh, by Stephen Richards. I give this an A. I, I really like this track and what they're able to to do with it. Yeah, I give this I, I give this Maybe that's a little high. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. A minus. It's still not one of my favorite songs on the track, but I think it has some some memorable parts. I certainly like the the bridge that they collaborate on together. Harmonize. I'm gonna give it a B plus. I'm not quite sure why. It just kind of feels like a really solid album track. It kind of just extends the feeling that we've got going on already. Great song. The atmospheric 
just the way that they build up these layers, these walls of sound. You can hear the same, these songs, you can hear the same song a thousand times and, and really just kind of go to a different place. Like there's so many different pieces to focus in on and just listening to how all the different instruments hit together and combine together and focusing on different instruments and different parts of the mix. Like this, this is dense music. This is dense stuff. It's no wonder they got six people in the band. Like it takes that many guys to come up with this many sounds and then yeah. you throw the remixing guys on top of it. I mean, you know, you got a whole you got a whole thing here. A lot going on, especially especially in this track. So place for my head. Track seven. Track seven. This is a roller coaster. Several different sections to this song. Mm-hmm. It actually starts out similar, somewhat similar, uh, lyrically at least, to the original track. And then breaks into, uh, oh man, uh, we break into a hip-hop verse. We break into uh, a scream track, a scream mix almost. It's pretty screamy, and then, yeah. Then we have keys breaking it back down again. So a place for my head. One of the best best songs on the, on the whole whole album. Uh, but we open up with with a Chester intro and a and a mic verse. Very similar to the original song. Yep, absolutely. And I was thinking like this until it gets to like the bridge section. This song is probably the only one so far that could have possibly been a hybrid theory track. Yeah, like there it does have the metal and the hip hop and the electronic music and all that and. It is, a, you know, not necessarily a step backwards to hybrid theory, but it is more grounded in that kind of a band sound than some of the other stuff that we've had going on. But then they just they just break it all up into pieces all anyway. The place, yeah. <laughs> By the time it's over, it's like, okay, yeah, this is this is not the same kind of music it's at all. Like it's seated in the hybrid theory, and as it grows into a tree, it sprouts out in all different directions. Yeah. So where would you like to start on this particular track? Because I'm still stuck on the on the the verse, which mm. for the folks that may recall is by a guy named Bamba Zumba Zumbi, Bamba, Bamba Zumbi. Zumbi. Yeah, yeah, he crushes it. I think there's some made up words in here, but other than that, just the way his flow hits on the beat is incredible. Totally different than Mike's flow. He's got, he just really has his own really kind of staccato kind of slap style where he's slapping the beat with the syllables sick you stressing sick you fessing sick you acting like a owe you some find her the place to feed your face if you don't we gonna bump get it up get crunk (laughs) (laughs) yeah and again he's like flipping the lines from the original like they sat him down in front of the original lyric sheet and they're like okay now you know write the sequel do part two like figure out what to say about this to kind of take it to the next level and they do and then chester comes in on the bridge doing his scream thing um you try to take the best of me go away uh they get he's got some little extra kind of electronic sounds on his voice i'm not really sure what that is it's just kind of stuttery distorting kind of weird uh stuff that is added to his screaming to kind of make it fit with the the electronic vibe that they've got going on so far, but it still crushes. It still sounds like, I mean, it's this dude is screaming at you. Like it still sounds so primal and natural. And you hear it over and over because they set it up for you to be expecting just a, just maybe one, one scream. 
like they did in the original. And they, they kind of surprise you. It drops out for a second on, on a, there's a buildup and a dropout. And then it cuts into him on a loop, on a loop with him screaming at you over and over again. But like you said, it's very, it's very raw, but it's also controlled. It's not too, it's not off pitch. It's not, it's just that great Chester right in his vocal range kind of. He's like the most musical screamer in the game. Yeah. Like the most <laughs> controlled just musical way uh, using the scream as a musical instrument and, and not getting carried away, but just really hitting you right where he needs to hit you with it. So to hear it over, over and over, I think is more stimulating. Just, just, just a better way to hear, to get hit with that over and over and then to have the mix of, of everything else that's going on musically in the background. It's just very, very intense. Yeah, they just they build it up so well, and then at the very end they just break it all back down. I think it's like just piano. Maybe there's some washy yeah. kind of samples going on as Got well. The but keys back in there, which is just a great, great, always good, great thing to have. But when you think of the progression we have from the beginning of the track, kind of a more familiar sound for for Lincoln Park, into a straight hip hop kind of deal into what's really probably most people really think dubstep dubstep what we have with the 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 chorus or not excuse me not the chorus the chester loop on the scream and then back down to the keys just a real roller coaster of sounds and different pieces to the song that just make it excellent yeah they were ahead of their time with taking like nasty distorted sounds and really kind of getting the musicality back out of them and figuring out, like you said, with dubstep where it's like, they just take the nastiest sound possible and they're like, okay, that's, that's the song. Like, how do we make that cool and appealing? They, they knock it out of the park on this song. They do. This is a, an A plus for me, at least. I think I gave the original place for my head an S. I think you did. I think I did. And, um, I'm going to go a minus. We're, no. we're really splitting hairs. We're really splitting hairs. Okay. But uh, I got to go A minus. It's, right. it's cool. It's, uh, it's very cool. It's a very special song. They got all the different moods in there. Um, there are a couple better songs coming up, though. <laughs> there are. But I, I, I think very highly of all this. I'm giving this a solid A plus. Track eight, Executioner Style. Quick but painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Besides being a just the best song name ever, mm-hmm. Executioner Style. Oh, uh, man. All right. So Black Thought on the vocals. We open up with Chester, again, not having to do anything on this because we're taking an old sample of him saying shut up over and over again. We also have that on the outro of this song. This is the only original just, song yeah. that is not on Hybrid Theory. And that was something when you go through for the first time uh, whether it was now or back in you know 2002 that you were like well what song does this match up with from the original album where did this song come from you know if you hadn't heard my december or or high voltage um, might be a little different but yeah this is one of the the ones you were like well where did this come from um and then you hear you know shut up which is from from shut up when i'm talking to you yeah from that park yeah from that and um quick song Two minutes. Yeah, it's like one verse. He just gets in, gets out. There's like sample, 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 verse, sample. Like it's not even, there's no chorus, there's no hook, there's no nothing. It's a sample and a verse. But memorable lines 
executioner style that cuts and blends like a syringe. We banging you in each of your limbs. Brutal. Brutal. Brutal song. Delivered well. Loved it as a kid. I loved this song. And there's just a couple couple guitar riffs and a couple samples and uh, scratching. Not a whole lot going on musically besides just some. Just a lot of samples happening. Yeah. There. This is like the most new metal-y sounding one. This is almost like a head PE song or, I mean, dare I say it, some kind of, not like Limb Biscuit, but it, it's definitely the most metal-y and the most kind of scratchy 90s uh, hip-hop-y song. Like it, it, this could have fit in on any like kind of more of a normal sounding new metal album. Um, as opposed to some of this other synthesizer stuff and all the stuff that they got going on. This is kind of right in the vein. It it reminds me of Head P.E. And it's somewhere between if your friend said, hey, I'm going to freestyle, throw something on and wind the record, you know, back. So there's, you know, scratch, scratch while I'm rapping and, you know, have some vocals going in the back and just run the record back and forth. Let's shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> and it's scratching in yeah. the back and I'll just freestyle a verse over it. That's what this track is. Yeah, but it totally works. I mean, I'm glad awesome. they included it. They must have just been inspired to like throw some stuff together and try it out with Black Dot and figure out what was going on. And uh, it doesn't matter that it doesn't really uh, match up with a song from Hybrid Theory. It's cool that there is one on here that's more of a it's more organic than that. You know, it's like it just kind of had to happen. Like this song just came out of the ether and they put it on the album. I mean, I think this is an A plus because I love it. I'm going to go S. <laughs> I would put it on the mixtape. Okay. It's and it leads right in. We didn't mention, but a lot of the songs on this kind of all lead into each other. This one leads into uh, High Voltage, which is uh, perhaps my very favorite Linkin Park song. I always kind of consider this song is just so short. I always kind of considered it like an intro to High Voltage, essentially. Yeah, that that alone, it's just kind of an extra verse for High Voltage, and that that alone gives it an S. And I mean. Yeah, High Voltage in its original form was also very much more of a hip-hop track, so this is very much like a intro to that, I always thought as well. Um, I can't quite give it an S because I, I, I wish we had more members of the group represented. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, certainly an A-plus for me. A-plus-plus. Which brings us to track nine, High Voltage. I, I don't even know what to say about it. This it's high voltage. It's the reanimation version of, of high voltage. The better version, the best version. Yep, for sure. First time you're hearing it, if you didn't. First hearing it for most Americans and folks in some other countries. Because uh, it was, again, one of the two bonus tracks on my December on Hybrid Theory. Definitely more in the hip-hop realm. Uh, so certainly fits more for this album than Hybrid Theory, I would argue. Uh, anyways, uh, but just uh, excellent track. Excellent lyrics. The amount of imagery and references and just different situations and scenarios and and objects. Like he, just all the different things. Just painting uh that he says. Yeah, just painting a picture for the for the listener, which is something I always appreciate. I think that's great lyricism to be able to to do that. You know, even just the opening line, I've been digging into crates ever since I was living in space before the rat race, before Monkey said human traits. That's a lot to think about right off the bat. The rest of that verse is all about biology and it's just we're digging into science right off yeah. the bat. It's a whole nother level. Like he's not talking about like street level stuff. He's talking about like 
space, intergalactic, different dimensions, gods and demons level stuff. But then he's he's putting that into into the more uh, traditional kind of hip hop lyrics. Yeah, I don't. There's a lot of guys who kind of do the spiritual miracle lyrical type of thing where they're kind of they're talking about space and different dimensions and all that kind of thing. But this is like the the song. This is like the song. It's never cheesy. You know, you always know what he's talking about, even if he's talking about outer space and all kinds of stuff. It, it's it's somehow still tangible and still accessible and still really kind of just cool sounding um, without without being cheesy or over the top with it. Yeah. Uh, the chorus is more simple. It's, you know, high voltage. And then it's either this unforgettable sound or bring you up and taking you down so it's high voltage and then a little little piece in the back it's almost like a like a little chant you know you i say this the crowd says the second piece i say this the crowd says the second piece so i say high voltage and you say you know we're you know almost that question response type deal not not quite of course it's much more sounds better i think you got Farrell Monch on here he keeps up with mike definitely um sounds great perfect feature fits right in with it absolutely i love that the very very last line in his verse is high voltage like he brings it all the way back around uh really good writing uh it takes a lot of forethought to kind of build your whole verse and all your bars around trying to trying to aim at a certain place and then reverse engineering it back from there um so that it hits the high voltage, right when the high voltage needs to hit. So perfect feature. He obviously really, you know, kind of studied the track and was really careful about adding his thing to it. You know, a lot of features nowadays are kind of just random, you know. So there's there's features, other bands, other artists, but you can hear a feature every once in a while and you're like, they don't even know this song. Like, what does this have to do with anything? But this, I mean, it just fits. Like, this is the track. Like, he really... uh kind of seals the deal kind of wraps it all up i gave it an s dude i've listened to this this is i don't know exactly what the singles were from reanimation but this should have been the number one single from the album this is like totally its own thing its own style of music different from hybrid theory different from what different from the other uh high voltage even i give it an a it is i love it it's not one of my tippy top uh of the whole album but i do give it a solid a Track 10, we got another little interlude, apparently called Riff Raff. Um, you know, just a little. It's another voicemail. They're just, like, calling each other. You got six guys in the band. You got all these other guys jumping on the track. It's it's literally a voicemail. Like, somebody must have just said, like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we put those on the album? Uh, it's not funny. It just sounds like a voicemail. I remember as a kid seeing the back of the CD and assuming that these were new songs. Yep. And they're not. What a disappointment. Um, So that was a little disappointing. But now that, you know, I get I get that you kind of need an interlude to kind of break up the, the action. Eh. Do you? You got one. <laughs> Riff Raff. We are not rating them because they're not songs. All right. Track 11 with is greater than you. With who? With you? Who's greater? The Chairman Han remix. Oh. Um, I don't know. I don't know who's the greater. I know that it's essentially equal to 
the original <laughs> with you. I don't know if it's greater or less than. Oh, buddy. Um, this is the one. Uh, it's so similar to the hybrid theory one. They really didn't add that much to it, really. We have a new verse with uh, Ace Yalone, but he's with you on this remix. It's a fine verse. It's cool. You got Chester on the samples going, no, constantly. And then Ace Yalone's kind of fitting in around it kind of he's flipping some lines it's cool like he got the memo that all these other uh guests got where they gave him the lyric sheet and said you know flip this around tell us the second chapter of the story type of thing so he's playing the game he's he gets it uh it works it's a cool track it's just so similar i mean even the original with you there's all kinds of weird sounds and samples in that that aren't even this is way stripped back but somehow still the same. I, I don't know that his voice quite fits with Chester's. I don't know if they stripped it back so that it, they probably did, but it almost like they stripped it back so that it fit in a little better. I just, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I don't like the sound of it. I don't like this song. <laughs> I'll give it a C. Yeah, C. That's fine. Or a C minus. They could have, uh, they, they didn't really switch up the arrangement that much. There's a there's a little little spaceship boop, a in a few places. I kind of like that, but mm. um, yeah, there's not much much else. The verse is fine in Could my have, opinion, yeah. but eh. it's more like the B side version of "With You." It's it's not really the same. I mean, it fits. It fits the mood. It fits. It's cool that it it leads into and out of some of these other other tracks and stuff like that. But it's kind of uh. It's not really with you part two. It's like beta yeah. with you. It's like the re- it's like the flip side of with you. It's not really taking it to the next level as much as it's just like here here's like an alternate mix. To me, this is the one dud on this album. Might be. <laughs> might be. So what did you think of track twelve, the intermission? Some nice little little keys mm-hmm. and then a little little Alien sounds uh, at the end to get us warmed up for, for track 13 there. Yeah, and that's about it. Yeah. Another little interlude, 30-second interlude, basically. 30 seconds of pleasure. Yeah, we're not going to rank it. Uh, it's fine. It's cool that it throws it back to the opening, kind of just bookending the album there. But uh, yeah, so now we're going to do track 13. Track 13, Paper Cut, featuring Roscoe and Planet Asia. Tell me about it. Oh, two big names in hip hop. Just kidding. I'm not sure if I've ever heard of them. Not quite familiar. Before, other yeah. than this, they uh-huh. do great on this. Uh-huh. Uh, so this 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 uh, remix of Paper Cut is more or less Paper Cut with with a few changes at the beginning and end with verses by Roscoe and Planet Asia. A couple rappers dropped in the middle, uh, and they go back to back here uh, in verse two and three. Great verses. Memorable verses, if you've heard the track before. Certainly recognizable as Paper Cut, uh, listening to the beginning and the end of the track. Yeah, it's it's a different arrangement, but it's a very similar... Um, everything's pretty similar. The lyrics are pretty similar to the original Paper Cut. It starts out sounding really hip-hoppy, and then the guitar finally comes in, and it comes in hard, and it plays the riff. The annoying part is they've got this vocal sample of, I think it's Chester, kind of going like... ah. But it just repeats and repeats through the whole song. It might have been cooler if it was not all the way throughout. But the 
the raps are awesome the the whole production of it it's somehow it's like a crispier dirtier version of paper cut definitely not the new metal sound it's more of like a alternative rock sound definitely super hip hoppy on some of the intro and verses and stuff like that but they got like the banging guitars in there too so but uh yeah not really not the new metal version it's definitely the reanimated version but it's pretty similar yeah uh, the hip hop verses uh, expand on the paranoia that the the song is talking about, content wise. Again, as we've talked about earlier, artists brought into the song, lyrically they expanded on the concept of the song. They didn't go off in their own own direction. So yeah. now my back's against the wall. I'm taking the fall. Whenever I call, no one's responding at all. But I don't know who I can trust. They scream in my name. I need somebody to help me out of the flames. You know. And if I rip out the skin, I'd probably find another person. There's nothing worse than trying to bring yourself up back from the dead. So certainly just playing on the same concepts of the original song. So great inclusion here. Uh, the rapping's great. Mm-hmm. It flows great. It plays right on the, the guitar chords in Planet Asia, the, the third verse, right on cue with, with the guitar chords. Super that, that tight with the instrumentation. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Excellent play with that. So great, great drop in there. Just looping in some of the original guitar riffs circling back to some of the the older stuff at the the beginning and the end and just putting some of that stuff on a loop which is not always the most exciting to me personally yeah Yeah, we should mention if we haven't said it enough already how good the the features are on this how they really just take the song to the next level and kind of continue on the theme of the song without going off in their own direction or just freestyling or doing random stuff. It's all written to the concept. And it's really cool that they got everybody to kind of understand where they, you know, what they were even going for with that. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to really narrow in on the same subject matter when you're co-writing on a verse or something like that. But all the, all the features on this whole album really nail it. Yeah. Nothing's, too far out of left left field so it's it's excellent um lyrically when they're able to bring it all all together as a add-on to the original i'll just give it a b it's good i give it a b i think uh it's not quite as different as most of the other songs but it's kind of just it it feels like a remix it doesn't feel like part two you know a lot of these are like the sequel this one's just a remix it's the non-new metal version of the thing and uh, I think I gave the other paper cut an S, <laughs> so I'll give this one a B. I'll give this one an A minus. The hip hop verses are great. Um, you can certainly tell that it the original song is in there, but some of the the loops they take of the original chords and some of the sounds they have, I, just not as pleasurable to listen to. So this is an A minus for me. So track fourteen, Runaway, amazing song. Yeah, very similar to the. Original, very similar. Dropped in a a new verse, but again, very similar to the original. This version has a very drowning. Is that a synth I hear in the back? The drowning synth and a and a and a drum. I thought it was really washy sounding. That's in my notes too. That it's just like a really washed out. They've got the bubble sound effects at the beginning again, which they had in the original Runaway, which is cool. Yeah, I remember even as a kid thinking that. Out of every song on the album, this is the one that is the most similar to the original. And it is it is pretty similar, but re-listening to it again uh, for the podcast, it just sounds 
it's like the perfect version of Runaway. Like they really dialed in all the different sounds and all the different uh, kind of just moving from one section of the song to another. They really dial it in and figure out how to like perfect the whole message of the song, basically. I would agree with that. I think the the kind of almost the wub wub or the 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 instrumentation that they added in the back there. I don't know how you describe that sound exactly, but it kind of makes you feel like you're running away, you're lost, and there's just a a void in front of you, and you're just kind of kind of out lost in the void, and maybe you're that the drum is representative of the pulsing in your head, and you're just where am I going? I'm, I'm running away. You've got this, this pulsing in the back of your head and you're out in the, the nothingness trying to get away. Yeah. The drums are definitely super sampled on this. Like you can tell that the rhythms are super choppy and not the way that a normal drummer would be able to play them really at all. I didn't even really mention on paper cut. The last one we heard, it sounded like supernatural drums, like sounded like the attack and the rhythms and the choppiness of like that you would get from an actual dude playing a drum kit. So I, that stood out to me on the last song. And then on this song, it really stood out to me how sampled it sounds and how blatant they are with the chops and just doing a, a crazy attack on the drums that you'd never be able to pull off as just, you know, with a natural drum kit without samples and stuff like that. But um, the bridge section is intense. They've got a really thick bass tone that uh, it sinks right up with the scratching it's so heavy like it's not metal or rock really at all but it's like it's one of the heaviest parts on the album with just bass guitar and scratching and just how they sink right up just the insane attack of the bass guitar is really cool on that section and then it leads into uh, the guest verse at the very end there which is pretty cool there's like a 80 synthesizer thing it's like a vocal synth where it's like a sample that's like ah Ah, yeah. but they're playing it on a keyboard. So it's, it's got that attack of the keyboard and it just sounds awesome. It's like from a, a record from the eighties or something. It's like that type of vibe put together with all the darkness and grittiness and like the thick bass and, and the super like very hip hop uh, production on the drums and stuff like that. But it all matches somehow. And uh, th it's just a crazy palette where they can bring something like that in and it just expands on it and kind of just adds one more little detail to the whole thing where it's like, that's a crazy instrument. Yeah. I think that was a great piece to add to have in the background there. And I think that the whole, the whole instrumentation kind of comes together with this fits in with the vocals perfectly of running away. And just the, like I said, I think like a throbbing the back of your head, running away, got to get away pressure and I think this this techie sound and this this kind of the banging kind of kind of adds to that lines up with that um, lyrically. Yeah, there's another part too. I think that's probably the last thing I'll mention. But there's a where the guitar is like commenting on the vocals. It's like cutting in and out on like a lead guitar part that is like kind of the call and response to the vocal. And I think that part, I think it's like the second verse that Chester sings where it's got like these little lead guitar stabs. I just think that's a really cool way because they're always about the call and response and having the two voices. So it's really cool that the other voice in this case is like a newly recorded kind of lead guitar part that uh, really plays off of Chester's vocals this time. Yeah, that's a great little nugget as well. So a couple of cool little things that they've 
added to this piece. Which is why I give it an S minus. S minus. <laughs> I think if we're going on, would it make the, the ultimate Linkin Park mixtape? This would be the bonus track. It's, it's there. It's not quite the most perfect, amazing, but it, there's so many just little nuggets in here and different instruments that they tried out while kind of just smoothing over the whole the whole atmosphere they were able to get on the original Runaway. It's got to be an S, but I don't think it quite makes the 12-track or however many-track mixtape, so I'm going to give it an <laughs> S-. minus. I give it a solid A. I like it a lot. It's not one of my favorites in the album. Uh, I do like the little nuggets, pieces you don't necessarily hear the first couple times around in the instrumentation. Just not my favorite overall, instrumentally. So we got track 15, My December. I love this song. I love this song, too. Arranged very differently than the original. Mm-hmm. We've still got keys in the background. We've got some new sounds here as well. Yeah, I think it's cool that they got rid of all the like random scratching and stuff like that that was in the original. Um, and instead of that, they've got like all these really cool programmed percussion samples there's all these little tingly cymbal sounds i think they're actually called tingle cups they're like cymbals that are like as big around as the bottom of like a mug like really tiny cymbals i'm pretty (laughs) sure that they got some of that going on in here there's even like a xylophone uh type keys sound in the background so it's cool they really refined it in the original they've got kind of like random just scratch sound effects and in this they've got like really sophisticated drum samples that are like it's it's like the same effect but it's a lot more controlled and a lot more triggered and it it's hitting the beat right where they want it to so it's like it makes the other one seem more like abstract and this more kind of a refined version of the same picture really yeah it's cool it's just a little i don't want to say christmasy but you have your bells you have your piano yeah dang um you have your sad christmas song here all you about do bring, snow. Yep, all the snow. You bring in your a female vocalist very briefly on a, a chorus piece here. And then you also have Chester, as you did in the original, harmonizing with himself as mm-hmm. well again. And so, then Kelly Alley, the vocal, and she harmonizes yep. with herself too. So yep. there's all kinds of harmonies going on. It's really cool. A really good sound as well. Yep. Yeah, they their voices blend a lot. I didn't even realize it was another vocalist uh, when I was younger. I kind of thought like Chester with like a vocal effect or something, but um, yeah, they blend really well. There's like a really crazy synth on it too that it just somehow sounds like the sound of snow falling, which doesn't make a sound, but if it did, it would be the synth on here. And then they they play that against a really natural sounding kind of piano sound. And then, yeah, it's there's, I think there's a little guitar as well, kind of like a little lead lick that just hits like one or two notes that kind of loops, but it's really kind of a collage between all the crazy percussion samples, which somehow doesn't make it aggressive at all. Like it's somehow it's like a soft snowfall sound that they've made out of the different uh, little crunchy sounding drum and cymbal loops and then playing that against a beautiful synth tone that they they came up with i'll give it an s yeah it's very very calming i enjoy it a lot and i also like on the chorus when they not on the chorus but in between verses it almost sounds like you're drowning a little bit with the whisper tones and i 
just wish that I didn't feel like there was something I missed. So yeah. It's kind of cool how they do that as well. And Mike sings on this. He sings that part. Yeah, so something a little little different on that piece. I would give this... I really like the original My December more, actually. Wow, okay. Yeah. I would give this an, a solid A, though. Nice. I like this one a lot more. I like them both. I gave the other one an S. And no, I would not put both my Decembers and both high voltages on the Greatest Hits mixtape. I would pick the reanimation version. But the if the reanimation versions didn't exist, like those would the my December and High Voltage would still be like two of the greatest songs in the catalog. They just really nailed it and took it to the next level with reanimation. Yeah. So I I think the reanimation ones are better, but I think they're so different that they both deserve to exist. All four tracks get an S, but it is cheating <laughs> a little bit because I would not double dip on the actual greatest hits mixtape. It's not cheating. They can all get the all get the same grade, but not make the album. I just I just can't give it the good track, but I just I like the other one just a touch touch better. Track sixteen, we got another voicemail. Literally a voicemail. They're just saying like, "Hey, call me back, dude." Okay, bye. I don't know why it needed to be a whole track on the album. Could have been an intro or whatever, but that's the way it is. Just and we, a little breather. We're not going to rank the interludes. All right. All right. All right. Track 17, By Myself. Don't know if I have a ton to say about this one. I don't like it as much as the original By Myself. I think the whole point of By Myself is that it's just the most blistering, needly, just screeching over the top song which they perfected on the original by myself this to me is just kind of like more of a watered down version more Um, digital yeah way more digital on purpose purpose, but i think it kind of defeats the purpose of what the song's really about it's cool that they sample uh the screams of chester from the original and kind of do digitize them and do some different stuff with them and uh but i just there's something about the synth on it 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 just makes it way more similar to a song like runaway where you've got those arpeggios on the synth going on and i just think that that's going in the wrong direction they should have just made the most distorted just insane you can't even listen to it like that's what i would have done with by myself like just crank up the gain crank up everything but they they just went the other way with it and made more of kind of a a runaway esque sound with this one, I think. Yeah, it almost seems too tame for what I would expect for something like this. I, I I'd hope for more from the from the guitars. I do like the new the new chorus. Looks like might be the only new piece on the whole album that Chester contribute to in a new aspect. The only thing that might be a new piece to this whole album. Yeah, it sounds like he's actually singing to the new track as opposed to just sampling him from the old track. Uh, I think Mike sounds like it's original, too. Like, I know some of this stuff is samples of him, some of it. A lot of his new verses on this are new, obviously. But, yeah, this one does. The vocals do sound a lot fresher. Even the uh, the outro, some of the, the screaming vocals just don't aren't don't hit the same. Not the same. Not as powerful. Yeah. It's not could a be. primal thing no. if it's all sampled to heck. I mean, the whole point of the other one is that it's just Chester screaming his head off, and it's like, oh, well, that's a computer. That's not him at all. So, And it ends pretty calmly, kind of drowns out. So, I'll give it a C. 
I think they definitely tried something. I think it was cool to chop up the screams and, and, and sample it back out and do rhythmic stuff with it like that. I'll give it a C. That's what it deserves, I think. I'll give it a C+. Plus. Track 18, Mr. Han. Trying to cure our itches again. And he does. He scratches the itch, dude. This is like... The layers that he achieves and the different rhythms and sub-rhythms that he pulls off and the way that it all hits and grinds together is amazing. It's an amazing performance on a musical instrument that just happens to be turntables. His samples are great. The way he scratches and backspins them is amazing. You can tell it's all being done live with actual vinyl or, or electronic vinyl or however he did it, but he's playing the turntable. It's not all chopped up on the computer like this is a a live performance of this dude mixing samples and i he's gotta be one of the best in the world like this is nuts the this whole thing i think is incredible yeah i like a lot of tracks like you said you can hear that this is live not all samples chopped together and it sounds wonderful you still have the some of the fun little little vocal samples scattered throughout at the beginning of the end as well. Mm-hmm. But let's try something else. It's like a speaking spell or something, but something they decided to sample. And you got, it's like tribal vocal samples too. Like people going, oh, like up on the hill type, up on the hillside type of thing. Like, I don't know if it's them as a band doing making those samples or if it's actually like from a piece of folk music or something like that but it just sounds like kind of like a just a tribal echoing from the hillside type of sound put you in the space of like a cool hipster party someone's spinning you're all dancing put you in that cool headspace i would dance to it you can dance to it yeah absolutely (laughs) uh, we're just sitting here listening to it folks i mean it's it's really awesome i'm gonna give it an a plus yeah i will as well it's super experimental, but it he pulls it off, man. It's like if you saw this at like a talent show of like jugglers and sword swallowers and blah, blah, blah. And then this was an act like this holds up among that, like not even holds up among other songs and pieces of music. But it's like just the performance of the of the turntables on this in and of itself is would be, you know, it's just amazing to see and hear. I mean, hear, but. You can hear it in your brain. You see it. Yes, I can absolutely visualize it. Track 19, One Step Closer. This is like the vamp live version. It's not a live version, but it's like this is what you would do at a live show where if you were like, we got to play the same riff for 10 minutes here and keep people bumping and just throbbing with the same. I think it's cool. I like it when it's like the extended cut basically of one step closer where it's like they do everything they can build up as slowly as they can just keep keep the intensity going 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 it's the it's one step closer vamp version yeah so not quite as heavy hitting as the original for sure yeah i think that's true we do add corn vocalist jonathan davis in for the third verse as well as the bridge and the chorus at the end. Saving some of the bigger names for last. Some of the guys on this album are not nearly as famous as Linkin Park. Some of them are, but it's cool that they have Jonathan Davis uh, from Corn on track 19 and then track 20 coming up. They got Aaron Lewis from Stained. And I just feel like those guys were really kind of contemporaries of Linkin Park. Kind of saw eye to eye with them as 
in terms of sales and just influence and stuff like that. So it's cool that they kind of saved the best for last in terms of some of these big hitting rock names as the co-vocalists on, on this stuff. He does great. Yep. Yep. Um, Corn's careers has just started a few years before this album had started and, and stains three years before, I believe and break the cycle came out one year prior to this. So also all three bands, right? Just in their primes here. Yeah. We're still, I'm not a huge first. fan of this song. I would give it a C plus just kind of drones on after a while. I'll give it a B plus. I think it's cool. I like when there's like an extended cut of a song that just adds like five minutes of vamping. And, you know, if you like the riff, you like the riff. So you got to play it a thousand times in a row. So <laughs> um, not amazing. You know, it, it is what it is. A B plus. So we made it all the way to track 20 crawling. You get that violin intro that we've heard teased at least twice so far on the album. Kind of finally coming full circle and leading into crawling and we get layers we get what's probably certainly machine not live but full instrumentation we get violins cellos probably basses in there so the full a full orchestra if you were performing it live it'd be probably a full orchestra and you get aaron lewis of stains very briefly in the beginning but his recognizable vocals and just the way he hits the notes for crawling in my skin at the very very beginning of the track before we kind of dip into more of the normal vocals of the closer to the original track you got some chester you got what sounds like chester newly recorded chester kind of harmonizing you got aaron lewis harmonizing with chester it's cool this again is kind of the vamp version this is kind of like how far can we take crawling how far can we take the same riff how how much can we just keep building 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 on the same riff it, it's pretty cool it's a really good ending it's i like that uh kind of the notes of crawling is like the theme to the whole album where it's the intro and then this as the outro and kind of just crawling through the whole album essentially just crawling its way through they do sample the original guitar stuff and some of the, they got like the most distorted, trashiest drum samples on the whole thing, kind of to offset it from the orchestral stuff. Uh, you do have scratching and stuff like that on here as well, kind of scratching in little synth stabs that are, sound like they're coming from the turntables. Really droney. This is like some kind of drone music. It sounds more kind of like Eastern music or Indian music where you you're hitting all the all the notes in between and just kind of droning on the same kind of just building in intensity. And I think that's, it works. It's like definitely what they were going for was kind of the drone crawling and uh, they picked the right song to do it too. And it's cool that it, it, it drone, it's that drone that kind of takes you through the whole album. I like keeping the orchestra throughout the orchestral part throughout the entire song. It almost brings an inevitable doom to the track, the crawling, you know, something's in my, you know, head almost. And, uh, of course, the interlude and towards the end of the song, it's without a sense of confidence repeated over and over lyrically. I'm convinced that's just too much pressure to take. And I think just kind of keeping it as a little bit calmer track, certainly muted, I think, instrumentally, brings this inevitable kind of doom to this creeping, creeping, crawling feeling. Great song. 
I don't remember what I gave the other crawling. I'll give this an A. This is an A. It had to be on the album. It had to be like this. It had to have kind of the drone music influence in there. And uh, they knew exactly what they were going for, and they nailed it. I'll give it an A. This to me is an A+. I wish Aaron Lewis was in it a little more. I think they could have interwoven his, his, his voice in a little bit more. And I think that they even could have dialed back some of the original instrumentation a little bit more and made it sort of more of a dreadful, dreadful song. Because I kind of like that it's almost a little bit creepy in different parts. But A-plus for me. That is about it for the album. Uh, we are going to do the bonus track. We got another bonus remix of By Myself. This time it's spelled By Myself. You're going to have to, that's a spelling pun. You can't really hear the difference in there, but it's B U Y, By Myself. Marilyn Manson helped do that. He made the remix. So that's incredible. Like, seems like he would have been a big pull for them early in this career, even with the success of hybrid theory yeah you'd think i mean he was definitely still huge at that time as far as i remember it does seem it i feel like he was came out a little bit earlier but it's got to be kind of probably the biggest uh household name on here for any of the features and remixes he marilyn manson's got to be i mean my yeah. grandma knows who marilyn manson is so you know and she doesn't know who aaron lewis is so very cool i don't let's find out how cool the song is so yeah the bonus track by myself the Marilyn Manson version of By Myself. I already had problems with the other remix of By Myself. <laughs> this one's it's weird. It's like an industrial version. It sounds really similar. It's honestly not that different. You can tell it's a Marilyn Manson song. Um, yeah. It just has his style of synths and atmospherics and stuff like that. But it's really not different enough and not distorted enough. He really goes for like a melodic industrial thing, which is what he does. I mean, that's what it had to be. But I would have just yeah. I really think they should have gone the other direction and just cranked this one up and just done like the blistering version. Yeah. Sounds exactly like if Marilyn Manson worked on a Lincoln Park song. Just a marching. Sounds like a march with Lincoln Park. Yeah, he does Dustin. do a lot of marching just type stuff. Isn't isn't just doesn't quite go together and if they dialed it in a couple different directions it would have sounded better i just just not quite feeling this i do like that they changed a few little lyrics towards the end they had a different little bit different bridge made a little eerier but i'm just not really feeling this track as much probably the third best by myself oh it's tough all by itself in third place dang it makes sense that this is the one that they left off and and left for the kind of the bonus fans. So that's it. We went all the way through reanimation every track, including the bonus track. I just love this album. And we were kind of harsh on some of the songs towards the end. I mean, you're comparing it to Hybrid Theory, which is another incredible piece of work. I will always go back to reanimation and just the whole it, the journey it takes you on and the atmosphere that it's able to create and just sheer number of layers. Like there are not very many records that have just this many layers of sounds to really pour over and kind of imagine all the different scenarios that they're putting together. So yeah. it's all kinds of stuff going on. It stands alone, even from Linkin Park's discography and certainly among, among the stuff that was coming out at the time. I mean, I, I feel like this is miles ahead of 
a lot of the other new metal stuff that's a lot more repetitive and a lot more a lot more primal but just not as thought out as this like every note of this was calculated and every word and and you can tell it's just a crafted i mean they they had two shots at it they got to make the same album twice so that helped but even then even that being said it's just the the song craft and the production craft and just crafting all the different sounds it just stands apart like it it's its own genre like re- they made it they made up a genre on hybrid theory and i think they made up another genre on reanimation yeah and to go from you know to to move more hip hop on on this album and then even to dip more rock a little bit towards the end and and just just spread out this is more of their hip hop album almost if you will i would consider it especially with the the hip hop verses that you have but all the features yeah Still, and this early in their career to spread their their palette like this and to dip into so many different different levels was just really cool to see. Nobody did a remix album like this. I mean, there are, there are some pop artists now that I think of it that have done such a thing where they've kind of released the same album twice as a remix, but don't really see that in rock, and you don't even really see that in hip hop as much. So, just awesome idea to do a remix album. Probably a risky move, honestly. I mean, I don't really know what the the history of what the label thought of this album or whatever. I mean, I'm sure I know it was like a hit. Probably not quite as big as Hybrid Theory, but just the fact that they're like, yeah, we're going to, it's the same songs, but different. And trust us, like, it's worth it. It's going to be cool. It's going to be even better than the other one. So I that was, I think it was a risk to do that so early it, in the career. Like, if they had done it as like their fifth album is a remix of, I mean, nobody would have cared, but like, this had to work and it had to hit and it totally works. They took the risk and they nailed it. And to not have original, very many original vocals from your lead vocalist in Chester, when almost the whole thing is re-recordings, samples from the original album, have very little original material from Chester, who was one of the big names. And, you know, you know most people are hearing the vocals and listening to the vocals first anyway. So, yeah, that's a good point that it, uh, just a further risk. I mean, that's what they were going for. They were it was a remix album, but it had to work. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't know what else to say on there. That brings us to the end of another amazing Linkin Park release here on season one of Poly Muse. We hope you enjoyed your time. Follow us at Polymuse Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And check out polymusepodcast.com for the running tier list of how the songs are ranking as we go through this discography with you all. Hope to see you next week with another album. Bye-bye.